Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the, the One Piece manga front to back. One of us, myself, for the very first time. I, as always, am Jacob, the super rookie of the One Piece team, joined by my co-host, Justin, the other member of OP is OP. Hello, and this week we are covering two arcs, Whiskey Peak and Little Garden, the first two arcs, kinda, of the New World, which covers chapters... 106 to 129 of the One Piece manga. So if you haven't read the chapters or watched the corresponding anime episodes, you might want to do so before listening to this because we are spoiling everything. Yeah, Whiskey Peak. Super, super fun. We are finally in the Grand Line. It is a whole new world yeah, of and everything. Whiskey Peak Let's does a pretty damn it. good job with setting up like the stakes right away. Um, maybe not like right, right away, but very early on. But if I were to describe... This whole arc, this short arc, in one word, it's fun. Like, it is a lot of fun. And um, yeah, you get some new characters. You get some reveals of, like, who uh, some of the first early baddies are going to be. But, yeah, it's like it's a really fun arc overall. And how do you want to do this? You want to go uh, chapter by chapter like little, uh, quickly, obviously, because it's not too much key details with this arc. You can just kind of you can we can just kind of hit the high notes things that stuck out to you things yeah. you noticed, things you liked maybe you didn't like but first I want to say oh. that I noticed something on this uh-huh. about the name of the arc which when you look at it as a whole it's either a double or maybe even a triple entendre right especially mm. in at least in English the way they do it so in like because I think in Japanese whiskey and like with an e right alcohol. And whiskey, like you're whisking something just with a Y at the end, the way they spell it in English, just without the E, they're indistinguishable. But here, yeah, at least, thinking. we get like, if you're whisking, mm-hmm. it's like rapidly beating something, okay. you know, like you would do with eggs before you cook them for an omelet. Which kind of, I think, is an allusion to how Zoro just wipes 100 <laughs> bounty hunters, like they get quickly beaten, which is funny. Uh, and it yeah. also could mean to get like you know whisked away which is an mm-hmm. allusion to uh the fact that it's a town of bounty hunters that take unsuspecting pirates away and collect in on their bounties and then of course whiskey alcohol pirates party right that's how they get the pirates they party with them get them drunk and then they whisk them away yeah to get them i just i wish there was just one name drop with the word whiskey at one point like literally them drinking whiskey i think they're drinking yeah, ale or something that's or usually the thing they always like just mm-hmm. say they're drinking ale that's like the pirate drink i guess yeah the, the rum the ale that's always like the common yeah i i think i'm i'm almost certain that it's always sake in japanese but you know it it's irrelevant it's yeah uh getting drunk that's what matters they yeah like usually it. just at least from the pirates of caribbean movies the the go-to is always rum i think it's just because it's easier to store or something like that it's easier to make because you just need to get sugar and from the islands you go to sugar canes usually but um the things i noticed with the beginning of this arc besides the fact that um before we actually get to whiskey peak they reinforce the fact that each island is, in fact, has their own, like, physics. They have their own unique weather patterns. So, like, it's literally, like, a blizzard one minute, and mm. there's rapid waves, and the next minute it's just calm seas. It's, it's like, distracting Nami completely, where she's just like, I am completely above my skill level with this. But Yeah, it was just, like, crazy shifting weather, right? There was, like, a, like a snow-slash-thunderstorm, which... 
I don't even know if that's a real thing because I don't know that much about snow. I'm from California. Mm-hmm. But it's just like crazy weather, you know, like insane yeah. weather or world defying weather. Like, I guess is the point they try and get across really early when they get to the Grand Line. Yeah, I think the craziest we get here in Central California is like the the rapid rain where it rains for like five minutes heavily so quickly and then it stops after five more minutes and then it's kind of sunny like 10 minutes later. Yeah. Um, that's the craziest we get in Central California. So they get to the they get to Whiskey uh Whiskey Peak. They're highly welcomed. All the characters are actually no, sorry, before we get there. I did notice a little bit of foreshadowing here. Or I didn't notice it the first time through. I was wondering like why Zoro was a bit more skeptical of Mr. Nine and Miss Wednesday. Because like I I, I knew I didn't like I don't really like these two characters that much. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like, oh whatever, they're just, they're trying to kill the one piece, they're trying to kill Laboon. And and then it's just like, oh, I think I've heard of you guys. I'm just thinking, what's he getting at? But uh-huh. in hindsight, uh, he reveals that I think it's because I heard your game, your names, or maybe not. Like implying that no, I know that these aren't your real names. Like it's implied that Zoro knows a bit about um yeah, yeah. the company that's revealed in this uh uh Barak works. Barak works. Yeah, Barak or I think Baroque. I don't think I, I want to say Barak just because it's so much easier to say in English. Like it's so much more fluid. Barak is almost like I put a bit yeah. more emphasis on the end. Barak, but whatever. Barak works. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit of foreshadowing there. Yeah, I don't know what that word means. I don't know if that's a real word like Baroque. I should look it up. I don't know if that's like yeah a metaphor. You know, for like what yeah. the organization is doing. But yeah, I don't think it's that important how you pronounce it. No That's why cares. also why I wanted to call it barrack work because it's like oh it's it's like a barracks for bounty hunters. It's a it's a resting place for bounty hunters, right? But or criminals. But they get to they get to the they get to Whiskey Peak. They start partying. The Straw Hats are welcomed with wide open arms. Uh, Usopp's telling us stories, getting drunk and tipsy super fast. Yeah. Zoro and Nami are downing drinks. Luffy's eating shocker, and Sanji's flirting shocker. Hey, they get their fun, and it's very time, obvious from the get go. True feat. What was that? Said, hey, he's flirting with twenty girls at one time. That's oh, a yeah. true feat. Oh yeah, it, it reminds me how again the part of Sanji that I wish was a real, an actual positive trait instead of like his joke part. And I'm just like, oh, you're teasing me again. Because I always thought Sanji was going to be like almost like the reverse Nami, where Nami uses her charm to like influence the guys very easily. I thought Sanji was going to be the reverse, where he's going to use his charm to influence the girls very easily, or you know, like whoever's attracted to him. So. You know, get get your most out of your way. Kind of right. like if you're getting traits in a or perks in a Dungeons and Dragons game or an RPG, where Nami can influence these people. Sanji will influence these people, at least in his first arc. And this one, again, it kind of just reinforces that. Yeah, he just likes ladies, and some ladies like him, I guess, because it's cooking or his eyebrows. One of the two. It's a little disappointing. Maybe I'll get it in the future. Um, yeah. It's not not surprising to anyone. This was a setup right away. Uh, the mayor, uh, Igarope, Igarapoi, I, Igar, Igarapoi, he turns out he's Mr. Eight. He's part of the, the Baroque works. And Miss Wednesday and Mr. Nine meet up with him, as well as Miss Sunday. I Is that is that the, how they work? Is it like all the eight, all the guys are after numbers and all the ladies are after days or holidays? Yeah, Miss Monday, I think, though, right? Like the wrestler lady. Yeah, she's the she was disguised as the nun trying to out uh chug a Nami and yeah and then she was beefing Nami in yeah, like she was super strong. Um but she was Miss Sunday. I say days and holidays because we do get a Miss Valentine later. Monday. 
Trust me. Because we see Miss uh, Sunday at the Sorry? end. Miss Sunday at the end? No, the, she she was Miss Monday. Miss Sunday appears at the oh, end. Oh, I'm getting mixed up here. Um, Yeah, it, it, listen, there are all the days here. It's literally, the notes, it's literally in front of me. And I'm mixing up my days already. Yeah, I'm whatever. Not, <laughs> yeah, I'm, they, I'm not. Yeah, fronts. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of this naming scheme because it's easily, uh, easy to mix up with them. But yeah, the main thing is, the villains are like, hey, we got these wanted straw hats. This leader's wanted for thirty million berries. They do that big crazy reveal that oh, that these cactus hills. By the way, by the way, I love the setup. By the way, of this of this uh, island, you got the giant cacti in the distance. You got. You got like adobe clay uh, uh, houses that look like they're from New Mexico or northern Mexico. And it kind of fits that Wild West vibe. So, which is a great follow-up to our huge action scene where it's just like nonstop, like pitter-patter action going on left and right. Because our boy Zorro was not drunk and out. He was instead oh, under drinking. Yeah. And it, yeah, he just doesn't trust anywhere he's not safe and doesn't want to be vulnerable. Man, at the beginning, like, right before that action scene starts, yeah. the panel of him, like, on the roof, and it's just him as, like, a black silhouette, and the doom effect is in the background. <laughs> oh, I really love that panel. It's like, yeah, these bounty hunters are about to get absolutely fucked. You can just see it all in that one panel, you know? Yeah, I was very curious how they were going to do it, because, uh, um, because obviously, yeah, there's, like, there's the, th- the four of them down below, and then there's, like, the henchmen over there as well. And then Zoro's by himself, but he's, like, overconfident. He's ready to go. God, what is the name of that? I would say adequately confident. Yeah, I was I was curious because, you know, past couple of fights, he's been going on one-on-one fights with tough adversaries. And he's still wounded a little bit. But actually, no, he's he's like, healed a bit more at this point. But actually, wait, no, that's not true. In Logtown, he fought off a couple of the clown henchmen, the buggy guys. But yeah, in this one, he's completely confident and ready he knows that these are like a bounty hunter guild or like you know an anti-pirate guild and he starts showing off but i have it here he turns into goku where literally he is just in the middle of the crowd like he's about to play god what is that video game where you're like one guy fighting like 500 soldiers at once and you're doing like these crazy combos it's like a power fantasy type of game series dynasty warriors dynasty warriors thank you where it feels like that and he's Goku because he's literally in the middle of the crowd and he just has this big upbeat smile. No bandana or anything. He's just big smile going, so you want to fight? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, and then proceeds like three chapters in a row, I think, of him just kicking ass in what I'm convinced is the best action choreography so far in this series. And yeah, it was a pretty kick ass scene. Yeah, I think this came after because I'm pretty sure Oda has a bug in my room and he's also a time traveler because I he heard me say Arlong Park, 11 out of 10 narrative, but that action, it was an 8 out of 10. That's kind of hard to follow sometimes. And then he goes like he's cracking his fingers going like this motherfucker right here goes back to his time and just does this whole arc just for me, by the way. No one else just for me and goes, you think my action is hard to follow? I'll show you, motherfucker. And then does this crazy adventurous like plot where you put on he's a pirate from Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> soundtrack. You put that shit on loop and you read these three chapters. It's the best time. I listened to Zoro's theme while I watched it and it was awesome. 
<laughs> or while I read this part, while I read that chapter. I forget there's an anime with this too, so he has his own theme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll stick with he's a pirate for now, but it, it worked regardless. And you have like a couple moments where you think, oh, Miss Monday has an edge, but nope, Zoro outstrengths her. Uh, you get to see that Miss Wednesday uses hypnosis, which is obviously like, look at my boobies kind of joke, but obviously doesn't yeah. quite work. Uh, Mr. Nine has like a grappling hook, but that doesn't work either. Um, there's also a duck. I don't know if the name is important, but yeah, Miss Karoo. Wednesday has a duck. What was that? Miss Wednesday's duck, Karoo. Karoo? Okay. Uh, has a duck. And there's basically, read the chapters or watch the anime. I, I don't know how well the anime does the action, but... The manga, it is so fluid. It is so fun. Zoro is dropping one-liners. It is just fun. It's Zoro at peak yeah. Zoro right now. Yeah, like, we don't often get to see, or at least up to this point, we haven't mm-hmm. really gotten to see Zoro kind of thinking on his feet, you yeah. know? Normally, he just kind of overpowers everyone. But here, he, like, you know, he climbs up the ladder, flips it around on them, knocks him out. He jumps onto, like, jumps over, uses the table as a shield, like, it's all kinds of cool stuff going on. And I think the best part is that even though I mentioned it's like Dynasty Warriors, it's not quite like 100% of the time. There's like a quick panel, like every four or five panels where you see his face like actually like, okay, shoot, this is actually a bit of a, a bit of a crunch. Oh, I'm in a bit of a conundrum right now. Yeah. Like he's like d- diving through the building, for example, and people are shooting uh, re- revolvers at him or their pistols. And then he manages to slice the barrel of whiskey in five pieces at once and then he drops the one-liner when all five get knocked in the face with a different oh, part so of cool barrel. like he slices it and it hits the, like five people yeah. behind him or four people yeah. whatever you know that was Excellent. i love that so, too mm-hmm. so again if you're if you haven't read this yet and you're listening to us don't take our word for it it's chapters i think uh what 110 to 112 or one nine one oh nine to 111 but just like the best three chapters of action so far it is just it is just so fun. F-U-N. And also, I do just want to say, because you mentioned Dynasty Warriors, there is a spinoff called One Piece Pirate Warriors. And, you know, yeah. Oh, okay, thing. okay. I think there's... Oh, so while he's kicking ass and taking names... Oh, sorry. I, I went too late ahead. It's 107 where it starts and 110 when it kind of changes the pace a little bit of the action. And we get introduced to two new characters, uh, Mr. Five and Miss Valentine. I thought they had a cool intro at first, but over time, I really did not like these characters, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan either. Mr. Five, uh-huh. like, seemed really cool. Yeah. Especially considering his devil fruit is, like, kind of busted. It looks like it, at least. Instead, he, he instead... overall, it's just extremely yeah, disappointing. Sorry, I was going to say. And then instead, he ends up being Snotigo, where he's basically Bakugo, but with snot. And it's just... <laughs> it's just yeah. like, I guess, but, like... Like, we were praising the character designs with their powers or their abilities. These two do not match their powers at all. And that's my biggest flaw with them. Like, Mr. Five looks like a very cool, like, spy, like, shady-looking dude. Negotiate. Maybe he's got some, like, guns underneath his jacket or knives. Yeah, great designs. Yeah, but and he does have... I agree. He does have There's a... not, like, that a kind of consonance between them and their powers. Mm-hmm. And he does have a gun underneath his coat at some point. But instead, his secret weapon is... I can pick my nose, flick the booger, and I make the booger detonate like C4. Yeah, his his power is like a better version of Bakugo's, actually. He just doesn't use it as it, well it, as yeah. Bakugo uses it. In a way, it's better and worse, because Bakugo can fly with his powers from My Hero Academia. But this guy can literally like have C4, essentially, like ex- hidden explosives, where it's more stealthy. 
where you can flick it and then detonate it later. I think it's like that, right? He can detonate it at will, or is it detonate on impact? I I really, <laughs> I'm not sure. I assume it's at will. Possibly, yeah. Just whenever yeah, he wanted to detonate, it detonates. Yeah, and then Devil Fruit, uh, and then Miss Valentine, she can just basically change her weight. She can make her weight go to zero so she can float, and then have it so that it's like 100 times impact so she can like land at the at the weight of like an anvil uh, or worse and without taking damage. I know she does get hurt. There's a part where she tries an attack like that and it actually fails. She gets kind of wounded a bit or winded. Mm-hmm. When she like she falls into the ground, right? Yeah. Well, the main thing reason why I brought these two up is because they come into the island where basically this whole thing's going down. Zoro's kicking ass and it's actually wounding everybody. And the mayor, Mr. Eight, is the one like, oh, you guys are helping us out. We're getting our asses kicked. And then Mr. Five and Ms. Valentine are like, we're not here to help you guys out. That's a, that's a that's below our pay grade. We're here because we heard that there's some infiltrators in our in Brock Works or some spies. And it was revealed that the mayor and Miss Wednesday are not who they say they are. They are actually members of the Alabasta royal family. Yes, indeed. Or at least Miss Wednesday is. Yeah, I think they said he's like one of the guards from the for the royal family. Something, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Oh, we kind of skipped over him a little bit, but Mr. Eight actually has a very wacky design that I kind of like, where it's just so wacky over the top, but I love it, where he has the curls in his hair, like a, like an opera singer a little bit, like or like an old like wig, mm-hmm. powdered wig. But it actually has like barrels of guns hidden in those rolls of his hair. <laughs> yeah. And then he has like a saxophone blunderbuss weapon combo where he just plays the saxophone and then it just shoots out uh, like a shotgun pellets. And I'm just like, OK, this is ridiculous, but I love it at the same time. Like I was I was down for that. Yeah, he even like at one point, I remember he messed up a word and he had to like, you know, clear his throat. And yeah, do, like, that's a why I'm... vocal exercise before he finished his sentence. Yeah, that's why I mentioned opera singer first, because he always goes, me, 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 me. Like, he's constantly clearing his throat all the time. So, I have no idea how he sounds like in in the dub or in the sub Basically, just like you imitated. Just like that. Super, like, deep, like, opera. Yeah, (laughs) that's really close. Because I imagine it probably not working very well on the the screen with audio. But either way, it's it's a part of his character. It's part of his aesthetic. Again, matching the aesthetic with the character a bit better. Kind of why I didn't like Mr. Five or Miss Valentine. We do get, we get the reveal that, oh, is it Princess Vivi? Is that her name? Vivi? Yeah, Vivi. Okay. So of Alabasta, which again is build up because I know this is supposed to be the Alabasta volume or the over arc. And then Alabasta is the finale. Yeah. So if you already know, then I'll say this is like the beginning of the Alabasta saga, basically. Yeah. And all these little arcs are ultimately build up to that eventually. After we get that reveal, Mr. Five and Miss Valentine confront Miss Wednesday and Mr. Eight instead of actually Zorro. Um, we get this great moment. Like, I love chapter 111, and I also despise it a little bit. 111 starts off really strong. Uh, Nami was also faking her overdrinking, where she was just wary, because I'm not going to drink around Stranger Pirates. Are you kidding me? Because she still hates pirates. And we get this great moment where... I think it's Mr. Eight. He's offering Zoro, please, Zoro, or great Mr. Bushido, please save the princess. Um, and then Zoro's, I think, on the fence, or he doesn't even say anything. Nami just overhears it and goes, reward? Hey, I can negotiate. <laughs> yeah. And I think goes, Zoro hey, outright just refuses. He's like, no. Like, why should I? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know you guys. We're on the quest. Like, I'm following Luffy. I'm not going to get involved in this. 
um nami wants to rope themselves in she goes yeah we'll rescue the princess if you promise us a a billion berries (laughs) some ridiculous reward like that but she heard royal family so (laughs) but my favorite part was how nami gets zoro roped in and (laughs) it's great characterization where zoro is a person that keeps his promise after all this is doing to his friend quina and he's a man of his word Nami is a great manipulator slash negotiator. She reminds him, hey, remember back in Logtown when I lent you 100 million berries to buy swords? And and then you can even see he's on the defensive, like his face is starting to panic a little bit. And Mm -hmm. go, no, 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 I gave you back the money. I never even spent it. And then she goes, I said with 300% interest. And then she has like the best like like mom guilt face ever going, aren't you going to keep your word and pay me back? (laughs) You're a man of your word. And then you just see Zoro going, God damn it. (laughs) I just thought that was a great moment between the characters. And then unfortunately, that's where my praises are going to stop for now. I think chapter 112 and the end of 111 is is probably the worst in the series so far. Did you feel this way? Which chapter is that? Uh, 112 and the, the last page of 111, where basically Luffy gets involved finally. And, you know, has a little tussle with Mr. Five. He gets, he loses his, you know, his chubby weight, his bloated weight. And the first thing he goes is, Zoro, I've had it with you. We're going to fight. And they fight each other for a whole chapter. And I think this is supposed to be meant for hijinks and funniness. Because I thought it was a trick at first. I thought Luffy was trying to do a trick where they can get like a cheap blow on Mr. Five or Miss Valentine. Because like, oh, they fought dirty they got me when I was full and bloated. Therefore, I'm going to fight dirty on them kind of thing. Maybe. But instead, it turns out, no, Leafy was just being dumb because he went to one of the guys that was beaten up by Zoro earlier. One of the hundreds of people that was beaten up. And he just goes, Zoro did this. And Luffy immediately just goes, like, Zoro, these people treated us. How could you? I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to kill you kind of thing. And I'm like, this is the same Luffy that was so stubborn to stick up for nami even though all these characters were saying like oh she totally uh killed usopp oh she's a witch don't trust her and he's so stubborn going no i have faith and respect for any straw hat members first and foremost we get to this chapter it feels so forced it feels wrong am i wrong for feeling this no a lot of people feel that way i am i am kind of in your camp as well I also get that Luffy is really dumb and a little drunk here, presumably. But yeah, I it's think too far. Mainly, Oda just wanted to see Zoro and Luffy fight to show that they're yeah, roughly so, the same strength for the fanboys, right? Yeah. So last night, when I was thinking about this before recording today, I was thinking, why would this character seem this much out of character? And I'm not dismissing the the few funny parts in this chapter. Like, there's a part where Miss Valentine tries to get it like a a cheap hit on Zoro. With like her, you know, her uh, weight attack. And then he just sidesteps it because he's just walking towards Luffy. And then she just, you know, collapses into the ground like a Looney Tunes gag. Um, There's little moments like that that are funny. And then the finale as well, where they both like just one shot Valentine Mr. Five for interrupting them. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool panels. But the reasoning and motivation behind this chapter to me is really bad. And to me, it re- it's, a, it's a harsh reminder of the meta. It's the outside influence of... Every manga, every anime, every game, every movie, every show 
is a business as well, not just a story, not just art, right? There's always producers. There's always outside influence. Yeah. This, to me, screams in my head canon. I don't know if it's true or not. That, hey, our last popularity poll had Luffy and Zoro at one and two. Wouldn't it be cool if they fought each other? Because this, to me, is not Luffy fighting at all. Zoro being confused as fuck? That's Zoro. Right? Because we're going, what the fuck? Why are you fighting me? I've been the most loyal straw hats of them all. And Luffy, just without even asking, and this, I think that's the worst part, is that in 113 it's revealed that, oh, Zoro explains it like an, an off, off conversation. And Luffy goes, oh, why don't you just say so? And I go, what the fuck? Like, it's, I don't know. Like, there's dumb to be funny, which is Luffy in the past, right? It's been very effective. This was just, it felt like outside influence, Luffy. It felt like a fan fiction, Luffy. Does that make sense? Kind of. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily super, super inconsistent, but it is strange. And it does make you yeah. question. It does kind of take you out of it a little bit. Because you're like, wait, Luffy's doing what? And for what reason? So yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm not a huge fan of it, definitely. Okay, I guess I'm in the park of just completely op- uh, completely against this one chapter. Yeah, so this far, is like a half and half. Like, you know, this is one of those splitting fan One Piece fan. Okay, moments. okay. I guess I'm clearly in. So yeah, you're definitely not. I'm on that boat then. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on that boat. Yeah, because so far I've been having so much fun with this arc, but then you get to this one chapter and it's so distracting of just like, like it's cool action choreography, sure, but it's also like, it's just it, it didn't feel like the characters at all and then it, and not only was it just like dismissed like the next chapter easily after nami stops the fight and then they just go oh why don't you just say so it was just like luffy again you stood up for nami you stood up you defended usopp when he wasn't in your crew you did everything you can to recruit sanji and zoro respectfully and then you mishear a random grunt uh that was beaten up going zoro did this Without thinking, oh, he must have had good reason, or at least ask Zoro, why are you doing this? Instead, he's siding with the strangers, going, these people have been kind to us, how dare you? And it's like, I don't know, it, it seemed way too fast. Like, it seemed out of character for me, but hopefully it's a one-time thing. Because that was like the one time so far where Luffy was really out of character. Yeah, so then that's basically the arc. They fight, mm-hmm. they take out Mr. Five and Miss Valentine effortlessly, one shot each from Luffy and Zoro. And then we learn about Vivi being the princess and all that. And she, mm. you know, goes with the straw hats. Right. We get my favorite panel. We get Bobby my favorite plans panel. To negotiate. <laughs> we what get panel? my favorite panel because I hate 112, but 113 has my favorite. Oh, I know. Yeah, my favorite yeah. comedy panel <laughs> that I set uh, Justin here twice on the phone, I think, where yeah. it's because uh, Princess Vivi, she's, she infiltrated Barack Works to find intel. Because they have they have uh, suggestions that maybe Mister Zero, the top guy in charge, might be in someone of important, someone else. And then she goes, "Oh, but I couldn't tell you guys, otherwise you'd be on the hit list." And then Straw Hats appreciate it, especially Nami. Vivi <laughs> just in horrible comedic fashion, but it goes with what we always praise Oda for, which is have comedy gags that actually have consequences or results. Where Vivi just goes. I wouldn't possibly share the fact that Mr. Zero is most likely Mr. Crocodile, one of the seven warlords, like the whole exposition phrase. And you get the one panel of Vivi with like 
no pupils, freaking out, covering her mouth <laughs> with pure black background. You have Nami with her jaw straight to the ground, like a banshee, shrieking like in fear. And then Luffy with not his jaw is dropped, but not nearly as high. And you see his pupils, he looks happy. He looks happy beyond joy, going, What are the seven warlords? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just so, like, stoked. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good contrast between, like, how Luffy and Navi view things, you know, especially, like, adventure or, like, the fights that are going to be coming up. Mm-hmm. And then with Zoro just staying there, too, sitting there, too, just going, like, you just told us. Like, he's irritated. Like, he's not really affected by this. He's just irritated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we've we learned Vivi is a princess, and she... She's trying to figure out the whole subterfuge infiltration thing, but she clearly doesn't have it quite down. Not quite. Like, she's she was good enough to get into the agency and be given an officer yeah, name. admirable. Admirable yeah. performance. But when it comes to actually co- uh, cooperating with allies, uh, yeah, not really the best with keeping information. Then right away, that bird and otter that we saw, I think, at the end of the last arc, uh, they're here again. They hear right away. We get another comedic gag where they overhear it and immediately take off. Nami is pulling an Orange Town or a Syrup Village just going, all right, I'm out later. <laughs> it was nice while it lasted. I really liked that gag, actually. She, like, walks away right into yeah, the other and, then, and he sketches yeah, exactly. the, just a perfect picture He's of her. He's giving Usopp a run for his money with his art skills. He draws Nami right away, shows her the picture, and her first reaction is, hey, that's not bad. <laughs> Yeah, she even claps. She's like, wow, that's really good. And then walks back full of tears going, all right, I'm not, I'm staying. <laughs> I'm wanted now. Yeah, I think for me, like, that was the funniest yeah, part. It was, this, yeah, it was a nice recovery after the last chapter that I wasn't a fan of. But this one was, like, full of just comedy and plot. Because at the end of this, um, we're told about an eternal pose that some people have. Instead of a log pose, they have an eternal pose, which points to one specific island no matter what. So that's how they get back to Alabasta, or at least some of them do. Um, Mr. Eight. I call him Mr. Eight because I honestly don't remember his real name. I think it's like Igor Ram or something. Igor Ram. It was Igor Ram, yeah. Igor Ram, okay. I'd say Igor Ram because he looks like a goat. Yeah, the, the same difference. Maybe, whatever. Either way. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just pronunciation. Because regardless. You know, like I, I usually say it the way they would say it in Japanese, like Igor Ram, but Igor Ram is the same name. Yeah. Right? Well, it's not yeah. And then my point being, it doesn't matter because after he tries to be a decoy for Princess Vivi to escape with the Straw Hats, as soon as he sails off, he's dead. Like, the ship blows up in a huge, like, oh shit moment where it looks like the entire sky is lit up in fire. And it's an explosion. The ship blows up with Mr. Eight on it. And we get a mysterious figure who looks like a mannequin. Is that an accurate description? The way that the face looks? I'm talking about Miss All Sunday, by the way. Yeah, in that first panel, it shows her, yeah. She is, like, very mannequin-esque. Yeah, so... uh, Next chapter, they get on the boat. They're about to sail away from Whiskey Peak uh, with the princess. I... Still don't think I know you asked me last time. Do you think uh, Miss Wednesday will be a possible Straw Hat member? I still don't think so. I think she's a, like a long term special guest. I was gonna ask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay, she's a long term special guest. I'm gonna ask you every week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're hinting that maybe she might go on adventures in the future because we'll get to that in the next arc. But um, they kind of tease that a little bit. But she's a princess, obviously, and I don't think mm-hmm. that it's gonna be like one of those like Princess Jasmine moments from Disney where it's like I want not to be a princess. I want to go out there and have adventures. And be away. But then even at the end of the day, Jasmine was still a princess. So it might be similar to that, where 
she just stays in Alabasta, like, de- depending on what happens. I'm assuming they win. <laughs> Spoilers, I guess. I don't know. Um, next chapter, we get Miss All Sunday showing up. I'm pretty damn sure that she killed Mr. Eight with that huge explosion. They kind of, she kind of doesn't reveal it, but that's that kind of attitude she has. Like, again, like this is the first time I think any of the female characters in One Piece look different because all the characters kind of, they look very similar, which is actually a big negative I have with the design is like Miss, um, Miss Sunday, sorry, Miss mm-hmm. Monday. Oh, shoot. Who was, okay. Miss Valentine, Vivi, uh, Nami, they all look pretty similar. Like you can say, oh, they have different hairstyles. Yeah. Similar facial structures. I yeah. Think. They have different face, uh, different hairstyles. Um, Nami's sister looks very similar too, but she has bigger lips. Like that's the one thing that tears that points her out. Bellamere, she has that crazy Viking hair, but ultimately they look very similar. Um, with the exception of, I think, Alvita in her vanilla form where, you know, she's, you know, big and thick. And you got now uh, Miss All Sunday. She looks like a mannequin where she's got like this very long, straight nose that looks plastic. And then her eyes are flat, too, like they're plastic. It's kind of off putting, like it's uncanny. But it's part of the, the intrigue where it's like, who's this villain? Who's this? character because she's the vice president she's like the vice supreme commander of barack works so i'm curious what her deal is like she has like i think telekinetic powers maybe or air powers i was gonna say give me your your power theories we saw her somehow defeat usopp yeah, and Sanji them. while not moving her yeah, position touching them. and she stole luffy's hat from across the ship yeah so just to mock so she can wear the straw hat on top of her cowboy hat her aesthetic, by the way, is like slutty cowgirl. Um, <laughs> for those wondering, like she's got like she's got like the like the sexy boot. She's got like a corset with nothing underneath and a cow and a, and a cowboy hat. Yeah, she kind of she matches the western theme and that we get in Whiskey Peak. Yeah, so it, it appropriately it fits. So I'm wondering if the outfit actually changes when they leave there. But as for now, that's her aesthetic, and I think right now her power is basically like telekinesis because. She was able to fend off both uh, Sanji and Usopp without even... Yeah, they were knocked out, by the way, this entire arc, but they they, they wake up just in time to leave. Um, you know what I noticed in this read-through that I had never noticed before? What was that? Sanji pointed a gun at her yeah. and was, like, about to shoot. I was going to actually, now that you mention it, he was not very good with that gun. He was literally, like, side-by-side side with Usopp, so if he missed a shot, he would have shot Usopp. I'm like, dude, you get an angle. Get a little further closer to the uh, to the wall behind him so that he wouldn't hit Usopp in that angle. Like, that's what happened with Azor earlier why he was able to take out so many of the henchmen because they all fired at once when he was directly in the middle and they shot each other. Yeah, I think he just, like, jumped up or out of the way and they all shot each other instead. Yeah, so she didn't even do anything, right? There was no, like, there's no hand flick. There was no air bending. There was no crazy command. They just, they just moved. It was almost like she had, like, this will, uh, like a psychic even. And... Then she pulled away the straw hat to mock it. And from that panel, I was thinking maybe wind because it had like little arrows pointing at the arrow. I mean, at the straw hat to make it think like there was wind pushing that direction. But wind wouldn't be strong enough to push over Sanji and Usopp that easily down to the deck. So I'm thinking telekinesis. Right. You or you would assume there would at least be a sound effect of like a swoosh if it was a really powerful wind gust. Yeah, or or illustrations of wind, right? Like which I thought were behind that straw hat when she was mocking them. So there's intrigue to this character. Like, I'm excited where this goes because 
I'm, you know, obviously I see, I notice her in the front cover. So I think she's going to be very important. But Flash is number two villain of the saga, theoretically. Mm-hmm, exactly. And we'll see where that goes. There's buildup as well to Little Garden, where at first I think she gives him the eternal pose that Mr. Eight had. Right. And then Luffy crushes it going, no, we're not going to go there. We're not going to follow your path. We're going to go on our path, which I thought was really nice. It was like a Luffy thing where it's like, uh, you don't dictate us what we can do. Yeah. Like I decide where this ship goes and we're going my way. I honestly thought as a we thing. Well, actually, that's not true. Yeah. Because Nami was like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> Why would you destroy? Yeah. He's like, nope, I'm the captain and I want to go this way. Yeah, so that's, that's the way we're that's going. True, Deal with it. Um, and then... Uh, Miss All Sunday is more like, like intrigued, I guess. It's very hard to read her. Again, it's like a mannequin. She has like almost zero facial expressions except for like, like mischievous. Slight amusement. Yeah, amusement. A little like kind of slight smirk. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously Sanji's simping, of course. He gets knocked out and then looks up and goes, oh, you're beautiful. I'm just like, Sanji, shut up, dude. Yeah. When he sees her face. Yeah. Stop like, ruining baby. the, stop ruining the tone, dude. I mean, I don't disagree, Sanji, but now it's not the time. <laughs> yeah. It's not the time, dude. Like, actually, I'm not even true about that because again, mannequin face is really off-putting. I'm getting creeped out by the face. Oh man. <laughs> I think Miss All Sunday is like a top tier so far. I'm pr- Oh, so far, I'm pretty sure because again, all the female characters have looked very identical so far. She does stand out and look different, so that she's got that going on for her. And like All I said, Sunday Nami Bellamere top three. Yeah, and that's why I'm still defending Bellamere. And then this All Sunday is like slutty cowgirl, so I'm like, all right, you're starting off expose already, but I need to see more, not like physically, but like more of the character. Like I need to, I, 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 I appreciate character too, Justin. Okay, not just objectifying my mannequins. <laughs> yeah, me too. I actually, I actually kind of uh. I like her mm-hmm. mysterious femme fatale kind of vibe. Yeah. And like I said, I know she's on the front cover of like the of the app when you open it. So I know she's important later on. So we'll see more of her later on for sure. And they build up to Little Garden being the next location because that's like the next closest the closest island, regardless. And she has a really cool turtle as a mount, like her own oppa. Right? <laughs> Instead of a boat, she has a turtle. Yeah. Her own little personal living ship. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. And so they sail away. He was also or... wearing a cowboy hat, which was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. That was the best part for me. It was Zoro's action. Uh, Miss All Sunday has a turtle. <laughs> Those were the two best parts. Um, yeah. So except for that one really out of out of character chapter, this was a very fun arc. Just F U N. F is for friends who do this together. U is for you and me. The whole song, right? Yeah. There. I agree. Very fun. And it's right now we're in time at all down here in the deep blue sea. So very fun arc, short and sweet, one bad chapter, probably the worst in the series, but it's not enough to completely drag it down. Right. Like yeah. it, I can cut that out. It's nice and neatly in one compact chapter for me. So I can just scoop it out. Then we have the next arc and I got issues <laughs> with this arc. Yeah. Little garden is Mm-hmm. We get a little bit of world oh, building, a- right? It's like a prehistoric island, like islands in the Grand Line can kind of have their own unique cultures, is what we learn here. Yeah. And just be totally isolated and different, which is cool, fun yeah. world building. So we should get the positives out of the way, um, because it does start off good. Uh, you get to the, the land of the dinosaurs, where everything is massive in size and everything is overgrown, including the 
the two humans or giants that roam the island. Giants. We yeah. learned that giants exist mm-hmm. in Little Garden. And everything is like I, I was getting big Indiana Jones vibes from this. Like I felt like this was going to be really fun. And we get this crazy warriors myth between the two giants that roam the island after each of the crew members like go on their own adventure because they learn that uh, their log poses have to reset or readjust. And they could vary from a few weeks to a few years even. And so they're like, oh, and then they're told by the giants it could take years on this island. Yeah, one year, they said, before the, the log post sets the next island. Yeah, and there's actually a fun moment where I'm thinking, oh, Sanji can actually be someone that's not his trope anymore, where he and Zoro go on a, a hunting contest for the biggest game. And I thought, okay, that's cool. Um, maybe some hijinks with them fighting dinosaurs, like in a few panels, maybe, I don't know. Um, maybe see Sanji actually do something. Um, like It's been a while since Sanji's done some since, since something actually <laughs> remarkable. Yeah, I liked uh, his moment in this arc, like happens a little later. Oh yeah, he, it's the actually the best moment in the arc. I'll give it that. I agree, but it happens a lot later. Um, the two giants. I don't have their names written down. Do you have their names written down? One's like Dory no, and I one's know. Dory and Brogy. Dory and Brogy. Okay, and these are like Viking dudes. Like they're straight up Viking dudes. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yes, clearly Brogy's they're wearing the the ram horn. Well, I don't know what the horns are from because they're huge, mm-hmm. but you know the Viking style helmets. They got the the caricatures. Yeah, like the, the Viking war axe style. The weapons. They're just dressed. It's very clearly they're meant to be evocative yeah. of like Viking. Uh, the Viking culture, culture at least. They got the wooden shields, the axes, the long mist, the gar- the long big large crazy beards. Um, and they're also like warrior spirits, which totally uh, attracts Usopp's attention. Where he was frightened at first, obviously scared shitless with Nami, um, when the giant uh, grabs the ale that's on the boat and starts conversing. But he actually is converted, going like, no, these are actually warriors of the sea. I want to be inspired by these guys. I want to see the story unfold. Because he learns that these two giants have been fighting for hundreds of years, centuries. And they've always been getting draws, and they don't even remember why they fight, which I thought was actually a really cool storyline. I thought we're gonna get like another mini arc where, like, basically the Straw Hats have like their. I actually had um. Okay, you've seen Avatar: Last Airbender, right? You love that show, right? Okay, I know this is a weird comparison, but do you remember the infamous episode, The Great Divide? Oh yeah, yeah. Between the two clans, right? So what I thought was happening. The Straw Hats split up, and I thought, oh, there's going to be a, a weird little characterization or infighting where the Straw Hats start taking sides going like, oh, this Viking or this giant is in the right. No, this Viking's in the right. And then they learn in the end, like, it, some kind of conclusion, right? I was getting vibes from that. But then they said they don't even remember why they fight. And I'm thinking, like, okay, so then they're, they're going like, to solve the mystery? Or, like, maybe, like, explore some hidden temple? Again, Huge Indiana Jones vibes from this at first. Going, are they going to explore the island? Are they going to find some secrets? I don't know. And then Barack Works catches up. And to me, this is when the arc takes a huge downhill in quality. Like, I really didn't like uh, the Barack Works uh, Pinchman and the new characters in this at all, personally. Yeah, Mr. Three and Miss Golden Wheat. Yeah, like, 
design is kind of funny. Like, I get it. His hair is a three because it's the part of the joke where he's like, oh, don't blow my cover. Yeah, and, then and it was kind of funny. Like, like, don't call me that in public. You're blowing my cover. And then it shows his face and it's just a, a huge three. Yeah, a hair. giant three. And then, like, obviously the tip of the hair is like the tip of a candle where, like, the hair, the the light, the lit fuses where the little uh, fire goes. So it's like a weird looking candlestick. And uh, who is the uh, the assistant? Is that Miss? Miss Golden Week, yeah. Miss Golden Week, okay. Not sure what that affiliates with the, again, agent names. And her power is unique, too. I, oh God, it's, I'm, trug- I'm struggling to try and come up with compliments at this point, because it, honestly, this was the first arc I forced myself to finish, because I'm like going, like, this is a slog. Like, the pacing really slows down. Um... Mr. Five and Miss Win- uh, Miss uh, Valentine, they catch up and immediately they disable and cripple Luffy and Usopp with like one or two attacks. They look like they're down for the count. Like it's like, well, the no, uh, Luffy false- was taken out. He wasn't taken out by them. It was. Oh, sorry. Finished. Rogi. Sorry. Yeah. I'm skipping ahead here because yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Right. The action. Um, the. Yeah, so the giants always fight, right? They always have like these confrontations whenever the volcano erupts because that's their god, um, their belief, their pagan belief. Instead of god thunder, it's god of volcano, which I thought was like a nice little. I think there. it was more like and they just agreed on the terms of their duel, but it maybe you're right. I can't confirm. It seemed it seemed spiritual to me because as soon as that uh, volcano erupted, it was more like God. I actually forgot the name of the god they mentioned. It seems actually very important. Start with an E. No. Uh, no, they did uh, not name the god. Their island is named Elbaf. Oh, I thought their island was their god, basically. Like, I thought it was like... It, he might also be named Elbaf, but it didn't say here. Maybe. Uh, but that's how I perceived it. And so after we get some uh, sabotage going on where the ale that was on this, the merry-go, uh, the giant drinks, and then it combusts from within. So actually, that confirms it, my earlier question of can he control... The explosives at will because we learned that Mr. Five put like I guess his snot or his boogers in the ale and then detonated. yeah that kind of gross when you think about it like it is very gross but how did he sabotage the ale in the first place yeah I was I was literally thinking of the same thing when we were when you asked the question earlier I was kind of wondering yeah. like did was he watching and he detonated then or maybe it is just yeah did he did he is there a, a panel that we both missed where it's like a very like subtle like empty panel where you see like a, a slight little flick of like a floating little black piece of marker of a white background. And then it's supposed to imply that that's the booger being shot at the barrel and then it lands and then it detonates. Like, is that the I, I possible? I'm not sure. Like, again, possible like the, but unlikely. I don't know how it works. Maybe he doesn't either. But <laughs> yeah, um, they get the call from Crocodile to make a move. Mr. Three goes, oh, these two giants were formerly uh, big wanted pirates. We can capture them both and the Straw Hats. We can get multiple bounties because, you know, he does this little thing, right? He's Mr. Three. He's a he's a higher ranking agent because he's higher. He's lower in the numbers. So he's stronger. Yeah, he's probably like top six right if there's one guy one girl per pair one two three four so he'd be okay five now, or six now that you mentioned that then yeah possibly i was thinking top three because literally three because if, if miss all sunday is number two then mr mr two is probably number three or four right and then whoever his partner is would be three or four i would assume right based on the what we've gotten okay 
Right, because there's Mr. Zero, right, Mr. Zero. Oh, yeah, Mr. One would be okay. number three. I didn't even say that. I said Mr. Two. You're right. Yeah, so top ten. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short, top ten. Because Miss All Sunday, I think, is number two. Yeah, they did the say chain, that. And Mr. Zero is number one. So I'm guessing if your name, if you're a female agent, if you're agent all Monday, all Tuesday, like, I guess all is, like, the main thing, right? I think... Miss All Sunday is the exception because I, I some kind of holiday that I'm not I don't know I have or no whatever <laughs> it means. But all the other high ranking women are holidays, whereas the main grunts are just days. Like Vivi was Miss Wednesday, right? And then this is Miss Golden Week, which is a holiday. Yeah, and Miss Valentine holiday. Mm-hmm. That's true too. So yes, holidays being the higher tiers, but. Yeah, so... I wonder if, like, lower down in the ranks, there's just some random grunt girl that's Miss February 26 or something. <laughs> like, the, you, you start going into dates? Because, I mean, there's only seven like, days, and we've already seen hey, three of them. Oh, are you the brand new agent Miss March 1st, 3 a.m.? Is that you? <laughs> like, yes, yeah. that is me. I am the new agent. How'd you know? <laughs> yeah, so, aside from that, uh, one of the giants gets hurt. Um, it sabotages the effort because the plan is to have one of the giants beat the other in their, you know, their honorable duels and then go after the one giant after he's tired and, you know, after the fight's beaten, after the other one's defeated. And that's when they make their move and capture them all, get their reward and so on and so forth. Um, so after the giant, the first giant leaves, one that was combusted, like, right, like that was actually a dirty sabotage where the ale explodes with from within. Um, that's really fucked up. But he's a giant. He's big. He's tough. Mm. He goes to go his fight because that's the honorable thing to do. And Mr. Five and Miss Valentine come in uh, because the giant and Luffy get into a quick fight. Right. Because he thinks they did it. Right. They're the only other visitors on the island that he knows. Yeah. And, and the, air, the ale was from there. Yeah, so, he, so yeah, he immediately fights Luffy. Luffy obviously tries to defend himself. He actually tries to say we didn't do it. We didn't do it. But and he gets him underneath a part of the mountain or part of his home and basically cripples him. Like he, like he can't, well, sorry, not literally cripples, but he immobilizes him. He gets, he's unable to move, which allows Mr. Five to yeah. finish Usopp off pretty quickly because Usopp's not exactly the strongest character. I'm fine with that. And <laughs> Luffy, uh, basically just gets, um, it reminded me of that scene from the Dragon Ball Z movie, the tree of might, the tree of life where, the bad guy that looks like Goku just like shoots Goku over and over again when he's on down on the ground for count. Um, it's like that because he just he's constantly exp- uh, using his power on Luffy over and over as he's yeah. immobilized. He can't move, so he's just going boom, 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 like getting getting him out for that count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a flurry of explosive kicks to Luffy's face, basically. Yeah, and it does look kind of brutal, but obviously I'm like, okay, there's no way that these random jabos are gonna be. Like, so I think the big a uh, big problem with this arc, besides the pacing, is I felt no tension in this arc. Even though like Nami's apprehended, Zoro's apprehended, Usopp and Luffy seem to be uh, down for the count, immobilized. Maybe Sanji's gonna get his arc. He doesn't ever help out in this arc until the very, 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 very end of it. And events happen and damn Sanji's got a job man gotta start storing that meat he got <laughs> <laughs> he needs to do a better job okay it's getting a, it's getting a little stale like he's been at my bottom of my list for a long damn time and these two arcs did not help um because eventually uh Luffy okay so what happened so 
the Mr. Three has a crazy weird candle gimmick as his power. The wax. wax and food. he has this artist fetish. Yeah, this art fetish where he has to create works of art. He's like a bad guy in every psychological thriller yeah. movie. Like the ultimate bad guy from uh, Evil Within 2, right? Where he has to take photography of the victims before he kills them. Or like the guy from Bioshock. This guy is like, I must turn my victims into wax figures before, you know, getting their pay or something like that. And he gets Vivi, Zoro, and Nami. He immobilizes their feet. Gets like this weird tower where the closer you are to the tower, the the the... The closer you are to the tower, the quicker you're you just become a wax figure and you can't move, um, which is supposed to be terrifying. But again, I just didn't feel any horror with this. I'm just more like, eh, I guess. Luckily, Zoro was at least funny. He was at least like, you know what? I, I can't get away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strike a pose. <laughs> so he was at least. Funny. Yeah, I'd say the highs in the arc are more the character moments like we get Usopp, you know, kind of getting enamored with the ideals of the Elbaf and the yeah. giants and like their manliness, their fighting mm-hmm. spirit. And then this moment here with Zoro, his like resolve. And he just says, you know, Oh, I'm just going to cut my legs off and I'll try my best to fight anyways. I'm not just going to die like a chump. Yeah. So I also, I don't know. It also felt like it would, I didn't think Zoro would be the type of person to accept his death in a, in a funny way where he's like, Oh, I'm going to, Strike a pose if I die. Well, I'm that was like, only after he was going to cut off his legs. He, so he was going to cut off his legs to fight until yeah. Luffy and Usopp and then he, showed and up. Then he and stopped. then he stopped. Yeah, then he stopped. Because I guess because Luffy showed up. Oh, right. At that point, I think he's just joking around. Yeah. In my, you know, that's my interpretation. He's like, strikes a pose yeah. for fun. You know, it's like, Luffy can probably handle this. And it was also kind of revealed because he did say, I only got halfway through. And I'm like, Jesus, are you serious? But then they show out like at the very end of this arc, like, he made a gash. He made a cut on his shins. He was exaggerating. He's fine. He's still standing. Yeah, because it was only like a panel or two after he said he was going to do it that Luffy showed up. So presumably he just started yeah. and then he stopped. Okay, so you read this arc too. How did Luffy and Usopp get a second wind and just get over their wounds and help? Like they look like they were completely healed when they mounted uh, Vivi's duck, her mount, and they came to the rescue. Because before, again... Uh, Luffy was trapped and Usopp was like completely beaten and burnt from five. So what got them their second wind? What do you mean? To... Usopp was trapped? No, Luffy, Luffy was trapped and Usopp was beaten by Mr. Five, right? They're, they're down for the count, right? They look incapacitated. They look done. So when they arrived to the scene with everyone else, but they looked like they were fully healed. They looked like they were... Like, they never got hit before. Like, in the previous chapter or chapters didn't happen. You know what I mean? Did? Uh, Usopp, he took one explosive hit earlier, right? I think so. Yeah, but he was down, right? He wasn't, like, faking his wounds like he was in Arlong Park at that one moment when he was like, oh, I got hit. Let me just fake my wound. It didn't seem like that this time. It seemed like he was actually yeah. down. And then something, like, some anime motivation moment happened, and then they got their second wind. But... That's what I perceived. I might have missed something. That's why I was asking you, what did you get? No, I, I think you're right. I think we basically are supposed to just interpret that as they uh, like, they kind of gain their motivation. Yeah, you know? this, when our Luffy friends hears are that trouble. like they were tricked and the broke works is there, he gets pissed yeah. off. Usopp's trying to live up to this warrior mentality that he wants to adapt, and he you know he, he just second wins it. He comes back and 
fights anyways. I think my issue is that they don't look wounded when they rejoin the battle. It looks like they're fully healed. I think that's my major issue where it's like if they still have their scars, then it's like, okay, sure. Anime motivation. Sure. But it's like a inconsistency error, a consistency error. Sorry, where they are completely bruised and beaten and then they look like their clothes are cleaned up. They're fully healed. And it's like, really, like not even battered clothes at this point to add some tension, to add some consistency. But yeah, sorry for being a negative Nancy for this arc, but this arc really did not do it for me, to be honest. Um, yeah, in in general, just I agree with you. I'm not a huge fan of it. I like, like we already mentioned, I like the world building stuff. I like the character yeah, the moments. first five chapters. But, uh, and actually, but the, I, I was, uh, I think you, as far as you're saying they weren't injured, I think you're wrong, just flat out. I think okay. they were. They were, like, pretty beaten and bruised in that panel when they appeared. Okay, I, again, that's what my brain remembers. It looked like they were... It's chapter 122 towards the end if you want to take a re-evaluation, because I'm pretty sure they okay. looked beaten. Okay, okay, because again... And that's also, why one moment we did miss, as far as quote-unquote characters... Karu, man, are, are working his way up towards Best Boy. <laughs> the when the, uh, Mr. Five and Miss Valentine uh-huh. found him in the jungle, and they start beating the shit out of him, trying to get him to call out to Vivi, knowing that, you know, it's, it's her pet. She loves him. She would come if he called. And he just won't do it. They're like, call out. And he's like, mm-mm. You know, it's just not shaking yeah, his head. Okay. Like, not going to do it. Because he knows it's a trap, and he's not going to do that to his owner oh, yeah. and his friend. Cause... I just love that. What a good boy. <laughs> yeah, he was always interpreted as like this this running gag character that has like no use. But at that point, he actually shows like, no, he's loyal. He does his job. But like, I'm kind I'm He's tr- a good, good boy. Yeah, I'm trying to skim through the chapters real quick. So I'm trying to see if you're right. And I completely misinterpreted that. But yeah, so they rejoined the fight. It's 122, at, like one of the last four or five pages. 142? 122. 122. Okay, so... Do not go to 142. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not there yet. Okay, so... Okay, so... I'm actually looking at right here. Okay, you're totally right. They are battered and bruised. Okay. I, I missed it. That was my fault. Yeah, it's cool. I just like... That when was I, I was like, yeah, I assume they just... Even though they're kind of beaten... Because I remember thinking this when I read it. Like, they muster up anyways, you know? Usopp, he's got a yeah. new a new inspiration. So he can, like, muster his courage. Luffy is Luffy. Yeah. It's part of his metaphorical rubber, right? He always bounces back. Yeah, I, I I think my issue and why my brain thought that was because they didn't act like they're wounded. So I think that's why my brain fixed that, plugged that hole for me as I was going through the chapters. Because usually when you have a the heroes cr- like crippled like that, usually, like especially with Oda so far, where it's like, oh, the, he acknowledges the injuries that characters have, at least in the short term. Yeah. So they go, okay, so maybe they're going to be uh like wounded in some way or limited in some way but it didn't seem like it this time so i guess that's why i completely forgot the fact that yes they do indeed show up battered and bruised like i said but they don't act like it so you know because anime (laughs) power of friendship yeah that's right he explosive to the face but he's bruised and battered that's it yeah yeah that's you know anime logic understandably in terms of like a narrative perspective understandably vv is sidelined and zoro is sidelined because he had this huge moment last arc um, I guess I understand why Nami was sidelined as well. Cause again, she's not like a big fighter, but like at this point, I think I was expecting Sanji to come up and join the team. Like maybe it was going to be like a joke moment. Cause again, they're going on for the biggest hunt competition. And I thought he was like going to roll in, like being chased by a T-Rex, like some like Dragon Ball Z moment or Dragon Ball moment with Goku being chased by the T-Rex or Gohan chased by a T-Rex. 
but eh, it didn't happen. And said Sanji's doing his own thing. <laughs> I like his, his moment there, though. So, like, basically, that's the end of that fight, right? They win, obviously. Yeah, they win. Mr. Three, real quick, what's the deal with Mr. Three's uh, candle robot? What's 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 that? <laughs> I was. Uh, it's like I guess a fighting technique that he developed. Yeah, you know? that's the it protects himself. It gives him some reach. <laughs> I I loved how Luffy just like thought it was so cool too. Oh, I, oh yeah, I was fine with that. I was fine with that reaction. But my point was, it's like yeah, like Luffy, while you're studying the gum gum, I was building the robot. <laughs> mm. And. There was there were some creative moments. Like I remember when Luffy got his feet waxed together, he used it as like a pole to re- propel himself, like in a in a slingshot, and propel himself so he can knock down a piece of the tower to try and save uh, the other three. Yeah, he like used it as a kind of like hammer on his legs, and he yeah and he succeeded. Oh, but real quick, what's the deal with Miss Vivi's powers? Like there was a part where I think it was before Luffy and Usopp lost round one, where she has like a hypnosis power with her like her outfit but she tugs on these strings on her nipples like is that... i noticed that too what this was... time i was like what are you doing like on the first it, first off i don't think she did that against zoro in the last arc and secondly i just like why is it like just some weird like funny thing i i think <laughs> somehow like those are her weapons you know because she had like they're like little small chakra blades yeah. on strings and i guess she keeps them where her nipples are for some reason yeah so i guess you want to have some like some oh you're gonna seduce some guy yeah, with some as far as the hypnotism like itself i think it's just kind of optical illusion with all the circles on her you know and the way she moves when she does a little dance thing. Oh yeah, I know the yeah, I know the idea how it works. You're you're supposed to pull on the strings, and therefore it causes the circles to work and you know hypnotize you, right? That's what I got from that. But I, I'm thinking like, like Oda, why there? Yeah. <laughs> is it just a, is it just for the joke? Is it just for the oh, joke? Oh uh, Oda. And eventually, uh, there's some weird thing going on with like the part of the fight where the robot gets beaten. Um, he pull, there's a funny part where he grabs his hair. Luffy grabs three's hair that's on fire. He does something to ignite the flames because Zoro, Nami, and Vivi seem to be completely waxed at that point and freeze them. Yeah, Usopp set up the rope. Oh, that he yeah, had Karu, Usopp like, actually had the best kickdown. Well, it was teased in Logtown. Yeah, Usopp and Luffy were they were tag teaming it really well in this, which I thought I liked it. It's cool. It's the, their first like team up, really. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't really see that. Like I, I as like a good team up, unfortunately, because again, like there's the all the stuff in the art going on. I mean, it's no Luffy and Nami and you know Orange Town. Yeah, exactly. But... Luffy and Nami is still like the the main highlight for me for best team up. Um, in back in Orange Town, um, what I was thinking like in terms of like oh payoff was in Logtown, There was a brief moment. I don't know if we brought it up or not. Uh, uh, Usopp was making a pepper spray bomb or some kind of pepper ball for his ammunition and fucks it up and squirts himself in the eyes. And it's like, Oh, it's pepper right. spray. Oh shit. And obviously they wouldn't have gotten too much attention to that unless they're going to be something useful. Like the eggs he buys at the, uh, the mall, the market, and then he uses it to distract the lion in that arc. Um, and this, we actually see it because the first round Usopp loses because he fires an exploding star round, which is like a signature, like final attack kind of thing. It's special. And Mr. Five just eats it because he's like, he's an explosive guy. He, he's immune to explosives. He just eats it and it's like, whatever. Right. 
Usopp, knowing he would do that, gets his pepper ball and fires at his face again. And Mr. Five is always going like, what the hell are you doing? I eat my boogers. I eat explosives. You can't do shit to me. And then he's just like, I, it wasn't explosive, though. It was pepper. And then he starts choking and gagging and gets them. <laughs> so I think Usopp wins this arc, to be honest, for that takedown alone. Yeah, that was a that was a good moment. And I'd say he definitely took out an enemy that's way uh, above his weight grade. Yeah. Being clever, being resourceful, which is why I like Usopp. He always he doesn't take down the top guy all the time. But whenever he takes down a henchman, it's always because of some clever tactic or some resourcefulness that he has. That's why I'm always liking Usopp's his style of fighting, um, which is also why I loved Zoro in the last arc, because he was using his environment. He was running around, cutting up debris, using my shields like that's yeah. what's really fun. Like even some Jackie Chan style of fighting where everything in the room is a weapon. Everything around is an obstacle. Orange Town looks kind of like that with Luffy using the street poles, the street lamps to move around and um, Buggy using the buildings also to kind of hide around his pieces. Like, those parts are really great. And last arc, we kind of got that. And this one, they were literally in a jungle. They could have done something very similar, but they didn't, unfortunately. So that was also kind of disappointing. Like, yeah, like, it was. it's weird to have the, the main fight take place in, like, the one clearing in the, the whole The one jungle. clearing. <laughs> and, yeah, and the, and the one thing of note is besides the other giant being crippled because he's hit with, like, the stone, the, the wax swords, and he's crippled. Um, or, and then the tower. And it's like, are you guys not going to take advantage of the fact that this is an island of dinosaurs? Like, like, sorry, Oda, like you have like the best location for wacky fun. Bring in a pterodactyl, bring in a T-Rex. I'm not saying go all in, but one dinosaur. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. There was, there's like no dinosaur presence. No, only the ones that are hunted by Maybe Zoro. Maybe they're afraid and, of the giants. Yeah, the only dinosaurs that we see are hunted by Zoro and Sanji at the end. One's a rhino and one's like a T-Rex or something. Um... And I'm like, that's why I thought like Sanji was gonna like, break in at any moment and be like, oh, remember guys, we're on a dinosaur island. Sanji's like running from like a stampede. Like maybe he was trying to get like a massive egg that he saw. Like he's obviously not gonna go for like the big game, but maybe he finds like a massive egg, right? And goes, oh, I gotta make this. I gotta make this. I'm gonna make the best omelet for Nami or some shit like that, right? And then he'd be chased by Mama Rex or something. But no, again, none of that happens. It was disappointing. Where I thought dinosaur island, dinosaurs. Not even the giants are helping in this matter. Like, they're down for the count. They're crippled. So I'm like, you got this build up with the Vikings. You got the build up with the dinosaurs. And instead, what we get is Barack works Candleman um, and Glyph warding little girl who reminds me of Ray from Evangelion with how lifeless she looks and acts. And the two henchmen return from last arc. And I'm just like. Let's mention the pacings off, too. I think there's a whole chapter yeah. with just the Nami, Zoro, and Vivi just chatting the whole time, going, what's going to happen? How are we going to get out of here? And it, it, it's, yeah, just flaws with this chapter, this arc completely. Like, it kind of stales a bit. But I'm delaying the obvious. You were saying earlier, the fight's concluded. Straw Hats win. Straw Hats are free. You get fan service as well. Nami's in a brawl. Ha ha. And we get the moment, however... That's actually really important where what Sanji been doing the whole time. Oh, Sanji actually did try to go back because he realized, oh, they had been gone for too long. He finds like the headquarters that three was in to make when he got his orders from Crocodile the first time. He takes out the otter and vulture that were there um, 
to try and like you know pass the word after Sanji was pretending to be Mister Three over the phone. Yeah, which also tells me does Mister Three sound like Sanji? Because Crocodile didn't get at all, or like quality is that bad? I guess <laughs> they couldn't discern the voice. No, he definitely does not sound like Sanji in the anime. Definitely not in the dub, I imagine, because the dub, or at least the four kids dub, Sanji's got like quite a unique voice. Ugh, don't, and don't then. <laughs> Yeah, sorry for reminding you guys again about the four kids dub and Sanji. Crocodile's there on the phone, sorry. And this is like the one really good part where it's this buildup of like, who's this dude? And he is straight up like a mafia bob. Like, you know, we're talking about like the Don, like Don Krieg from a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. This guy is the Don. This guy right. is the Godfather. Yeah. Just from the look and his presence that he had. And it's actually a good moment where Sanji actually had a non-trope moment where he's keeping us cool, getting intel, um, throwing off the the scent. We're basically saying, like, yeah, we totally got the straw hats, mission accomplished kind of thing. And because he said it incorrectly, Crocodile takes it wrong and goes, you gave me a false report, Mr. Three. How could you? So we have a buildup of, like, the next island they go to, they'll be confronted by a Mr. Two, right? Because Mr. Two, I, I want to, sorry, Miss All Sunday. I want you to send Mr. Two to kill Mr. Three on the next island of the path, right? The next predicted island. Well, no, because he said uh, he told Sanji, right, or Mr. Three to come back to Alabasta yeah. using the eternal pose. And he told yeah. Miss All Sunday to intercept her somewhere. But I do think Sanji succeeded in throwing them off of their path, right? He's like, oh, man, the Straw Hats were still alive, but now they're really dead. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And he's like, okay, cool, come back for the meeting or whatever, you know? And then he's like, yeah, kill him before he gets here. Okay, so I mis- I misinterpreted that, that that then, because I thought that what that meant was we're going to get a Mr. 2 in the next arc, or the next island, but he's going to be looking for a Mr. 3, and it's kind of thrown off at what happens. So maybe it buys the Straw Hats some extra time, but, you know, in their getaway, or like their preparation time. But... Yeah, Sanji deflects a little bit. Um, oh, Crocodile is a fucking bloodbender or a waterbender. But the looks of it, they show three panels of him holding a flower in a cup of, I'm guessing it's like whiskey or ale or rum. Um, the next pa- the one first panel, the flower is there. The cup is full. Next panel, because he's getting angry because he thinks Mr. Three, a.k.a. Sanji, is get, gave him a false report and you know you don't you don't mess with the boss man you don't give him you don't give the boy the wrong details eh? <laughs> and he um next panel he's getting angry the flower is slightly tilted like it's probably just my brain but the main thing is the cup is now almost empty immediately he didn't drink it it's just gone and then the mm. third panel there's no liquid or alcohol in the cup the Flower is completely wilted, like drained. And that gave me um, Hana and Katara vibes from Avatar again, uh-huh. where she goes, you can when you're water bending, you could use the plants to your advantage, too. And but it kills the plants, but you get your water, you get your ammo. So but I'm not I'm not saying he's exactly a waterbender, but this totally told me like, oh, it's the water. It's the liquids. He can control liquids. So that's what that tells me from those three panels, because Oda is really good at little tells like that like again the build-up for little garden it showed a great panel of like a dinosaur looking at giant footprints in the last panel of the last arc as a build-up to oh this is little garden so yeah little things like that so with those three panels that tells me okay crocodile also has powers and he has liquid like controls liquid controls water also is it me or is 
the gum, the devil fruit kind of la- losing its charm now. I feel like we now have like six, seven, eight characters with gum gum powers or devil fruit powers now. Uh, yeah, basically everyone. The further into the grand line you go, the more common it's going to become, right? Basically, imagine that. Yeah. Unless you're just really, really strong, there are exceptions like you know Zoro or Sanji. Yeah. At least every crew has a devil fruit user that's going to carry them, quote unquote, like to the end of the grand line. Yeah. Right? So the further in you get, the more likely it's going to be to encounter someone with the devil fruit. I think I was just thinking that because I think Mr. Three had devil fruit as well. Um, I don't think Miss Golden Week did. Yeah. Wax, the wax wax was fruit. The wax fruit? Yeah. The wax wax fruit. Yeah. Mr. Three. So I think because all these baddies literally had devil fruit powers and they all get beaten pretty easily except for Mr. Three. Miss Golden Week, I don't think, had Devil Fruit powers. She had, like, some glyph, some warding powers. They didn't say anything about a Devil Fruit. Yeah, yeah that's correct. Which I thought was pretty creative, but that's kind of, like, dropped after one chapter, unfortunately. And basically, Straw Hats are reunited. The Giants, uh, turns out the first one didn't die from the duel, from the explosion in his stomach. He's still alive, because anime. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, they continue the rivalry. They get the eternal pose that Sanji found, right? That was Mr. Three Head. Yeah. Right. Uh, that led them to the Unluckies brought it to give to Mr. Three, but Sanji kicked their asses and took it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah, the 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 artist Otter and his ride. Um he grabbed that so they don't have to wait a year. They can go right away to Alabasta. And uh, they have this one little moment where, like, oh, God, trust us. Like, you did us a favor and helped us with our honor duel. Uh, we'll help you out. And he tells them to just sail straight. There's a giant There's a giant sea creature. They do, like, some crazy thing where they throw a piece of their weapon. Or they, have, they, they swing their weapon so hard that it creates a hole in the monster. So they can sail right through or something. Yeah, and they did. They said it was the technique or whatever that they used was called Hakoku Sovereignty, which is Spear of Elbaf, some kind of Elbaf technique or something. Okay. And it's revealed in a flashback that even though no one knows, only the audience, that their duel was literally, their reason why they fight was literally how Zoro and Sanji started where they wanted to compete for the biggest game and they were disagreeing with, oh, I got the biggest game. No, I did. And the giant mountains that you see on the island are actually skeletons of their biggest game eroded over time, which I thought was kind of neat. But again, just the environment's so cool, but man, the climax, the fighting of this arc was so disappointing. Just lack of creativity, to be honest. Like, it's kind of lacking here. Yeah, I think he kind of just eroded, you know, he was... It's a pit stop at the most. He didn't want to go too deep into it, so he did kind of speed through it, maybe a little too much. Yeah, it ultimately serves a purpose that ultimately Alabasta will be the finale of this volume, of this overarching series of arcs, and it's building up to it. But again, like we'll, at least for last arc, we got that amazingly fun section with Zoro. And I was hoping maybe with this one, maybe an amazingly fun section with Sanji, maybe? But we didn't even get that. And that's again, like, because world building and fun completely fine, and then save the actual serious plot for later. Because if you have serious plot after serious plot after serious plot, it kind of gets redundant and stale, where you're kind of like checked out. But in this one, I felt like it was just a little too unfocused for me to even fully enjoy it. So I think. I'm going to make this my least favorite arc so far. I'm putting this below Syrup Village. 
Ooh, I, I still put Syrup Village at the bottom so far, I think. I can't, man. That's, Syrup that's Village, fine. we got Usopp. <laughs> we got Usopp from Syrup Village, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's low down there, but for Syrup Village, I had more positive memories than negative. Like, obviously, I still remember, like, Discount Orsi and Smo. I still remember the, some of the weird, like, logic in that, where it's like, you know, hey, Usopp, don't help Zoro, because you'll draw aggro or some shit like that. Like, that still bothers me, but those are little moments compared to, like, oh, we got Usopp. We got the start of a potentially interesting character. Uh, the salt, uh, sorry, pepper, onion, and carrot. They were fun little side characters. Like, little things like that. Kuro, it, he was probably pretty stale, but honestly, Mr. 3 is below Mr. Kuro for me. Like, Mr. 3, I did not care for at all. But Captain Kuro was at least deadly. Yeah, yeah, definitely better. Yeah, he had some, he had some intrigue behind him. So that's why, like, overall, just... I would say this one had potential to be really good or really fun, as fun as the last one. And instead, we are just like, wow, just okay, sure. On to Alabasta! <laughs> well, we found out at the end, the very end of this arc, that Navi got sick. Right? She collapsed due to sickness. Yeah, so that was actually a worry I had. Thanks for bringing that up. So I had a complaint of, oh, sorry, a worry from the end of Arlong Park, which was I hope they don't sideline some of these characters so much now because they had their big character moment and now like, okay, literally she got sidelined this last arc, this arc. And then she's now a fever at the start of next arc. So hopefully that serves as a motivator rather than like, Oh, that's the reason why she's not going to be in this entire arc, which is probably going to be both, which I'm going to foretell for forecast predict predict. Yeah. Predict. It's going to be both. It's going to be both. (laughs) But yeah. So Nami has a huge fever. Uh, which isn't surprising. I'm guessing it's going to be related to the uh, the weather constantly changing, right? If you if you uh, go from location to location, different crazy weather patterns changing really fast, it can make you sick. So I'm guessing this is why Nami's sick, or maybe because of the jungle. I don't know, jungle fever. Right. Could be anything. Wait, is that the wrong term? What? I think that's the jungle? wrong term. <laughs> no, jungle fever. I think that's more of a sexual thing than an actual <laughs> I don't, condition. I, probably, yeah. Probably. But either way, yeah, so we'll get that next arc. I I am still excited for next arc. Even though I say this is the worst arc so far for me, I know we're getting to the main meet, the main course pretty damn soon. I think it's next, isn't it? Or the one after the next one? So that brings us in to next week. We are going to be reading <laughs> the Drum Island arc, not Alabasta. Drum Island, okay. And it's going to be 130 to 154 so 25 chapters 130 to boy drum island for next week okay chunky boy okay i am excited though oh yeah because honestly if you're if you have an arc like this ending off and me not liking it that much it means hey next arc it's got to be better right it's gotta be yeah in general i always think from a writer's perspective, like, okay, so he speeded through this arc because he really wanted to get to the next one. Yeah, hits and misses. Or, yeah, or something coming mm. relatively soon, he wanted to get to it. Yeah. That's my always my mindset. But whether or not that holds true, we will see. I can imagine Mr. 3 being a much more efficient villain if the tone was more horror or more, like, psychological. Yeah. Because, like, in the middle of, like, a jungle with dinosaurs, volcanoes, and giants... You want that wax candle power and, like, the craziness of, like, I want my victims to be frozen in place before killing them kind of thing. You want to get them, like, in a like in a dungeon or a castle, something more haunting and scary. It feels like it was, like, the wrong power, wrong location, which is, again, part of the reason why it was disappointing for this arc. But, uh, 
yeah, excited for the next one. Anything else that you notice? Like any little notes? I think I had two. Oh, the pre-chapters. I got one from the pre-chapters. Yeah, I was going to mention that. We've seen, we're starting to see the, or maybe it ended actually already. It was a relatively short one. But yeah. Kobe and Helmeppo have become Marines and they were training together. Yeah, so they have like this whole pre-chapter story going on where, and this is again really important because ever since uh, Buggy and Alvita showed up in Logtown, it's like, okay, these are super important. Um, Kobe and Helmeppo have like this moment where they were doing a, a prisoner transfer of... Axe Morgan, right? Hand Axe Morgan. Um, he escapes. Helmelpo actually has a moment where he stands up to his dad, um, returns back to the boat. But Kobe is also trying to prevent the Navy from blasting Morgan out of the water. Uh, it looks like they're like they get put on trial or they're about to. But instead, I think I missed a couple of things because then I noticed they're training super hard, right? They have like their own like montage moment where they're training all hours, waking hours of the day. So I'm expecting them to be like super ripped next time we see them. And then it's like revealed that, oh, they've like they showed to the island with like the little girl with the with the rice donuts or the rice balls. Sorry, I keep calling them rice donuts. Thanks, Pokemon. Um, and blame four kids. I'm sorry. Um, the rice balls. And it shows that, oh, they 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 shipped out. They're gone. So it's like, OK, so we'll totally see them again, most likely in the future at some Navy base or something. Um, oh, Captain Smoker, he's still on a hot tail. They intercepted right. the call. They got like some uh, chatter, right? Yeah, they intercepted the the call with Sanji, quote unquote, Mister Three, and Crocodile. Yeah, so that was a little brief tell to let us know that the Navy is still hot in their trails. They're still tracking them. They're looking for Crocodile as well, or Mister Zero at least. And then it starts the next pre-chapter series. Speaking of the Syrup Village, Django returns. And it ends up with him eating at some place and then Onion walking in on him going, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so curious where that goes. Um, any other notes? Any questions? Any? So I do have a question that I originally, like a little bit earlier, said I wasn't going to ask, but I changed my mind. Okay. When yeah, they I'll... saw the giant goldfish and Usopp said he'd heard of it somewhere before, did you think anything about that? The giant goldfish. Oh, the, the story that he, wait, was he the one telling the story about like, he saw the giant goldfish and took massive poops? Yeah. And they said, Dorian Brogy said basically the same thing that he said, right? Like they docked right, onto yeah. its crap on accident thinking it was an island. I was wondering why it sounded familiar. Yeah. Okay. It did sound familiar, but Okay, so now I'm curious. So maybe Usa actually read that in a book somewhere and he told it as if he'd experienced it. Yeah, so I just thought that was hey, at least worth pointing out. Okay, that was a good callback. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm happy about that. A nice little callback. Like, it doesn't mean anything narratively. Probably not, but it's right. a nice little callback. Yeah, okay, so I'm, I'm still really excited to go forward. Um, this is so far, to me, uh, Little Garden, the worst arc so far, but... Yeah, <laughs> sure, <ruin> it. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're allowed to, to just like <laughs> at least to other people the second worst arc but to me it's the worst arc yeah it, it's not it's not anyone's favorite arc that's for damn yeah. sure okay so i'll just reiterate one more time next week we're going to be reading drum island 25 chapters covering 130 to 154 mm -hmm. and thank you all for tuning in to listen indeed wait 
before before that actually jacob where can they find you if they want to talk one piece up to this point with no spoilers uh if they wish to throw some like hints my way although i don't want them but if you want to have any questions or some like you know like comments they can find me at twitter at jacob Miranda. Uh, or on Instagram at lumberjackjack, but honestly, I get messages easier and better on Twitter. Um, don't go to Instagram that much. If you do, however, actually have questions that you wish me to address and to go through a filter, where can they find you, Justin? On Twitter or YouTube at Jitsu, J-I-T-S-Z-U. Yeah, if it's any spoilerish stuff, kind of, or even hints of something that you think you might have missed, and if maybe address it in a good way, message me, please, and I'll decide whether or not there's a good way to, to do that. Yeah, there's always a filter has to go through. Some way or another. And now, thank you all for listening. We will catch you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>